Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Fans of the 48 Hours podcast know that a good lead is always worth checking out. And if you're a listener who enjoys from the car, you'll want to know that the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, the new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain or wherever your story takes you. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. In search of more mysteries to listen to, get an Audible membership. They've got the best selection of audio titles from every genre, including true crime, celebrity memoirs, business, and so much more. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. I recommend The Art Thief by Michael Finkel. I love a good heist story. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. Russ and Chris seemed like the perfect couple. This is a picture of the day that we got married. He seemed to be very devoted to his wife. And she was a devoted mother. She was always involved in what Candace did. She would take her to brownies and to the library and read books. Then Chris suddenly vanished. He said, I think she's left me. She hadn't met another man. But something about Russ's story didn't add up. When would Chris have time to have an affair? She was getting candy off to school, and from there she was cleaning the house. I can't believe she left Candace. I just can't believe that. Russ started a new life with a new girlfriend. Would you call it true love? Definitely. But Chris's friends wouldn't let go. Harold Dow investigates. Just hit me like a ton of bricks. I got a, just a gut feeling that she's either hurt or she's killed. And I said, Tim, you're watching way too much TV. Now these detectives are also convinced Russ has something to hide. People cannot keep this kind of a secret forever. A 48 hours mystery. I love Christine more than anything. Could Russ be hiding a deadly secret? It's one of the hard realities and tough lessons of police work. If you don't solve a murder case in the first 48 hours, odds are you may never solve it. But this is one lesson in the Homicide Detectives Handbook that just might have to be rewritten. 
How long can someone keep a deadly secret? In the past, maybe forever, the law might never catch up with you. But today there are special teams of detectives, cold case units as they're often called, and they are using new science plus good old-fashioned police work and proving there really is no statute of limitations on murder. We've been tracking some of these cases all the way to Kalamazoo. As a couple, I thought Russ and Chris were pretty much the perfect couple. That's what many neighbors thought when the Smith family, Christine, Russell, and six-year-old Candace, moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan in the summer of 1993. And I knocked on their door and I said, hey, I'm Debbie Ors and I'd like to meet you and come on over, we're having a block party. And Next door neighbors Tim and Debbie Ors were the first to welcome them into their close-knit middle-class neighborhood. He liked to fish, he liked to hunt. You know, we kind of hit it off. She was always involved in what Candace did. She would take her to brownies and to the library and read books. And it just looked like she was this perfect mother. And sometimes I was a little irritated because I felt like, what was I doing wrong? If that wasn't enough, friends like Char and Rick Lemons said Chris Smith also had a wonderful husband. He was very polite to her. He would open doors for her. He seemed to be very devoted to his wife. Were you happy? Yeah, very much so. 32-year-old Russ Smith, a former police officer, was now service manager of the automotive department at Sears. This is a picture the day that we got married. But in September of 1994, after eight years of marriage, Russ Smith says his wife did the unimaginable. She had met another man. 27-year-old Chris Smith left her husband and incredibly abandoned their daughter Candace, leaving her family without warning and without saying goodbye to anyone. There was no trace at all of her. She just would disappear like that. She was the type of person that, she, on a minute's notice, she would get up and change her life and just move on. He said, I think she's left me. Russ told the Lemons that his wife had run off with another man. He handed the letter to me and, and said, um, you might want to read this. He said Chris had left a handwritten note explaining why. Stating that she had found another man in her life and... And just wanted to start her own life. The note in part read, I want to begin dating. I'm ready to move on. I got a knock at the door and it was Russell by himself. Russ also told his next door neighbors, the Oars, what had happened. And he said, I'm sure you've heard, but um, I want to let you know that Chris has left. Russ says he knew something the neighbors didn't. She would come home with uh, affectionate marks on her neck. Chris was not the angel they thought she was. I think it was pretty evident that there was something going on when she would leave at uh, like 8 or 9 o'clock in the evening after putting Candace to bed and then not coming home until it's time to get Candace up to get her on the bus in the morning. What did you tell Candace about what happened? Um, that her mother and I had had an argument and that she had left the home for another man. But neighbors who knew Chris just couldn't believe it. When would Chris have time to have an affair? Here comes the bus. She was getting candy off to school, and from there she was cleaning the house. She's ironing his shirts. She's doing his laundry. From there she was mowing the lawn. She's carting her daughter to piano lessons. She's taking her to brownies. And even if Chris could walk out on her marriage, they were certain she would never, ever walk out on her then seven-year-old daughter, Candace. I can't believe she left Candace. I just can't believe that. 
and their perception of Christine was exactly what they've expressed, that you know she was a loving mother, always did everything for Candace. Uh, when behind closed doors, things were totally different. But the Oars wondered if it was Russ Smith hiding something behind closed doors, behind his garage door. You saw something one morning. What was it? A boat trailer with a boat on it. A boat was backed into Russ's garage just two days after Chris disappeared. Number one, uh, he didn't have a boat. So, you know, my first thinking is, you know, what's he loading up that he didn't want anybody to see? To Tim Oars, it looked like he was trying to hide something. All of a sudden, just hit me like a ton of bricks. Something's not right. I told Debbie, I said, Deb, I said, I got a, just a gut feeling that she's either hurt or she's killed. And I said, Tim, you're watching way too much TV. But when another neighbor became suspicious, they called the police to report a missing person. My name's Randy Dyloff. I'm a detective with Port. Detective Randy Dyloff was assigned to the case. You know, it's not unusual for one spouse or the other to leave for, you know, a short period of time and get back together. Detective Dyloff found little reason to doubt Russ's story, even from Chris's own family. You know, in talking with her mother, she told me she would not put it past Chris to, to take off like that, you know, at least for a short period of time. You know, we figured we'd, you know, within a few weeks, we would hear something back from her. But they didn't. Even seven-year-old Candace hadn't heard from her mom. Did you have a chance? Did you try to talk to Candace? He would not allow me to talk to her alone. Then, when Russ wouldn't allow police to search his house, Dyloff started to suspect foul play. Russ Smith completely transformed his lifestyle. Visited some nightclubs? Yes. Dated some women? A couple. Okay, what was that, that all about? Just uh, not wanting to be alone all the time. He was running uh, Dateline ads. Here is the ad you selected. This is one of the ads. Just if I had one wish, it would be to make as many people smile as I possibly could. I enjoy the company of beautiful women, sometimes even to the point to where I might be on a date that's not going real well, and even venture out to meet somebody else that I see. And when Russ ventured, he didn't limit his options. But did he come here a lot? Uh, like five, six times a week. We knew 100% sure that yes, he did do it. Debbie and Tim Oars were convinced they were living next door to a murderer. It was very tormenting, very scary. But police weren't ready to say that. Well, we were basically dealing with a circumstantial case. What did really happen to Christine Smith? All I can do is hope and pray that Candace and I can get through this together. Did Christine abandon her family and commit adultery? Or did her husband commit murder. That's next. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Months after Chris Smith disappeared, Russ was sticking to his story. His wife of eight years had run off with another man. Meanwhile, Debbie and Tim Orrs were convinced their next-door neighbor was getting away with murder. You know, that's why we were looking out this window. I'd spend hours here just sitting here watching. But police claimed they didn't have enough evidence against Russ Smith to search his home. Finally, just before Christmas, Detective Dyloff got the lead he needed from a friend of Russ Smith's. Information was coming in that the bathroom had been redone. Russ Smith remodeled an upstairs bathroom within days of his wife's disappearance. Russ had said that he threw something at his wife that morning and it hit the shower and broke the shower and that he was going to have to replace it. Rick Lemons told police Russ asked him to help replace the bathtub and tiles damaged during that last fight with Chris. And the detectives had not heard that that he had to replace the shower that he'd thrown something at her. Red lights went off. Right. He because Russ had already told Detective Dyloff that the bathroom was the last place he'd seen his wife. Armed with that information, police were finally able to get their search warrant. They searched the house but found no hard evidence that Russ Smith may have been covering up a murder. But they did find something, something they weren't looking for. Uh, there were numerous Sears items that were brand new. Russ's home was filled with boxes of brand new merchandise from Sears. We felt that we got a guy that's possibly embezzling from his employer. Yeah, there was a, a snowblower. CB radios. Weed eaters. Power equipment. Leaf blowers. You know, we can see everything from our house. Far more disturbing was what they found in Russ's bedroom. Candace's clothes had been moved into Russ's closet and it appeared his seven-year-old daughter was sharing his bed. Candace was accustomed that whenever I was out of town, she would sleep in the same bed with her mother. So when one of the parents was outside the home, it wasn't abnormal that she would take that spot just out of comfort between a child and a parent. Child Protective Services didn't see it that way. They charged Russ with improper conduct immediately moved Candace into a foster home and allowed Russ only supervised visits. Through conversations, she talked about uh, good touches and bad touches with the counselor, and Candace stated that it's okay for family members to touch you in private areas, even if you don't want to be touched there. This is what she said. I don't know. I wasn't there. But was she ever touched? If she was, it wasn't by me. With Candace now in foster care, 
police finally had the chance to interview her one-on-one -on -one about the day her mom disappeared five months earlier. Her dad told her that her and her mom had gotten into a fight and that mommy had left, and he told her not to go into the upstairs bathroom. But she did anyway. She said that the bathroom was a terrible mess, that, that there were holes in the wall, and that there was blood in the sink. Russ Smith's world was crumbling around him. He spent eight days in jail after charges of embezzlement. And now Candace was a witness to evidence that could be used against him. But Detective Dyloff still needed proof that a murder had in fact even occurred. So until he found a body, a weapon, or a witness, Russ Smith would stay a free man. You know, what kept me going was Tim and Debbie Orr's. We were constantly working on it and watching things even more now. We took it personal now. Finally, about six months after Chris disappeared, Detective Dyloff got a major break in the case. And it came from Russ Smith himself. After he had been arrested for embezzlement, I transported him to the Sheriff's Department. Remarkably, out of the blue, Russ Smith seemed ready to strike a deal. I asked him, you know, what he felt an appropriate charge would be, and uh, he said probably manslaughter. So Dyloff secretly and legally recorded their conversation. So you would be willing to take two to seven? Open the door, I'll walk right now. It wasn't an outright confession. Uh, no time did he say, I killed her, she's dead. But it was a major break. When someone starts talking like that, what does that tell you? That tells me that no doubt he killed his wife. But there was one problem, one very big problem. Detective Dyloff didn't read Russ his Miranda rights, and therefore the tape was probably inadmissible in court. You know, it's that fine line. Do I talk and try to get information that can take me somewhere else, or do I give Miranda and shut everything down? With or without Russ's near confession, Detective Dyloff maintains he still didn't have enough evidence to arrest Russ Smith. Even with a confession, we still have to have the evidence to establish that a crime occurred and that this person committed the crime. And, and we didn't have it. You know, when we went back and talked to him the, the, the second time when he was in jail and advised him of Miranda rights, he basically said, you know, I don't want to talk to you without an attorney. Russ Smith served eight days for the embezzled merchandise found in his home. But in March of 95, incredibly, Russ Smith walked away a free man. Four years have now passed since Russell Smith's wife, Chris, vanished without a trace. Chris wasn't close to anyone in her family, so it was Russ's parents who adopted Candace out of foster care. Now, 11 years old, Candace is living with them in Ohio. And we've told Russ, and Russ knows we'll love her and take care of her and protect her as much as we did our other kids. In the last few years, detectives haven't come up with anything new. But almost everything is new for Russ Smith. He's wonderful. He has a new girlfriend named Kitty. He actually got me to go parasailing once. And a new home in Florida. Would you call it true love? Definitely. 
But what Russ Smith doesn't know is that a new team of investigators called a cold case unit is hot on his trail. I, I am absolutely certain that he thought that he had gotten away with it. And now it's up to them to make sure Russ Smith does not get away with murder. People cannot keep this kind of a secret forever. That's next on 48 Hours. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This was us in St. Augustine. In the fall of 1998, four years after Chris Smith vanished from her home in Kalamazoo, Michigan. This was a picture of us, Christmas time. Her 36-year-old husband, Russ, was in the thick of a new romance. Oh, we have a very strong, healthy relationship. And an entirely new life. A lot of times we would come out here during the day, we'd bring a blanket, we'd lay out in the sun or swim. Russ met Kitty while he was on a business trip in the fall of 97. We had a fantastic day. Just four months later, he left Michigan to live with her in a small town outside Pensacola, Florida. The time I've spent with him has been absolutely the best time of my life. And even though Kitty says she knew about Russ's former life with Chris... Well, he had told me about what had happened, and he told me that she had taken off. She was certain he was not capable of murder. I'm, you don't live with a person as long as I lived with him and not see if there's some violence, and it's not there. Would you call it true love? Definitely, definitely. 90 WKZO, Kalamazoo's news talk station. Meanwhile, back in Kalamazoo, Michigan... By the time that we became involved in it, um, in September of 98, he had uh, gotten another job down in Florida. He was a new police unit was keeping a close eye on Russ Smith. He was managing a tire store. He had taken out a new mortgage. Captain Dan Weston, a 25-year veteran of the police department, was head of a new investigative unit formed to look into unsolved homicides. So we were looking for a case that it looked like it had leads that needed to be pursued. And the first unsolved case they chose was the disappearance of Chris Smith. I, I'm absolutely certain that he thought that he had gotten away with it. From the start, Russ Smith was their first and only suspect. It's a very poor alibi to say that his wife ran off with another man leaving behind her car, her rings, cash, a check from work, credit cards, and all that sort of thing. So four years after Chris disappeared, the cold case unit re-interviewed everyone who knew Russ Smith. And as you can see, um, there are over 120 separate interviews here. There has to be someone out there, some friend or a co-worker or a family member that he had confided in. And they had just the weapon to break their loyalty to Russ. 
Remember the secretly recorded conversation between Russ Smith and the original detective, Randy Dyloff? His family and friends had never before been told the tape existed. On the tape, Russ seems willing to cop a plea to manslaughter. For the two of us, you write it out for me, we'll put manslaughter on it and we'll be done. So we use it as an investigative tool with when we talk to people. And finally, they got their break. People cannot keep this kind of a secret forever. When they played the tape for an ex-girlfriend of Russ's named Judy. They were no longer dating. After hearing Russ's words, Judy was ready to talk. It was pretty evident that you knew what was going on. Judy declined an interview with 48 Hours, but she did describe her version of events to detectives in this handwritten testimony. She writes, a couple of months into the relationship, Russ told me a story. She was told by Russ that Christine came into the bathroom with a gun, he disarmed her, and the gun went off or he shot her at that point. And that was the first major break. This was another big piece of evidence in the case. Remember the letter Russ was using to prove his wife left him for another man? Although she did write this letter, this letter is very old. Detectives were able to determine Christine wrote the letter years before her disappearance. And we know that because of certain references in the letter as to how long they had been together. Despite these new findings, the cold case unit still didn't have the physical evidence they needed. Do you think that this was premeditated on his part? Absolutely. So the first place they looked for that evidence was the last place Russ Smith saw his wife, Chris. Remember the remodeled bathroom? This, this bathroom was extremely important. We tore the bathroom apart right down to the studs. Um, we found stains in the wood, and with a preliminary field test, they, it showed positive that there was blood present. When further tests on the blood stains were inconclusive, the cold case unit decided to bluff. We put out a news release stating that we had obtained evidence from the crime scene. Quite a broad In an incredible meeting, detectives talked with Russ's mother, father, and daughter, hoping the family would persuade Russ to confess. Let me suggest this. Russ could help himself if he turned himself in. We want to break down their um, allegiance to him. Our goal is that we want to find your mother. When police interviewed Candace and Russ's parents, they refused to listen to the tape of Russ's near confession. What if there wasn't a body and he told you? But then, in late October of 98, detectives met with Russ's dad alone. Uh, they interviewed me that night probably for two hours, and they had that tape. And this time, he was willing to listen. I think that's what convinced me. When we come back... How many of you thought that you would actually go down there and get that confession. Raise your hand. You were the only one. Will the cold case unit get a confession out of Russ Smith? As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. 
This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus. How much longer could Russell Smith hide his deadly secret? More than four years after his wife, quote, disappeared, he was leading a new life and sticking to his story that his wife, Chris, ran off with another man. But the psychological pressure cooker was intensifying. The cold case squad from Kalamazoo, Michigan, was stepping up the pursuit more than a thousand miles away in Florida. And while they really didn't have a whole lot to go on, no body, hardly any evidence, they did have a hunch that a killer was about to crack. Once again, here's Harold Dow. We didn't have a witness. Uh, no witnesses whatsoever. This is Weston. Captain Dan Weston was convinced Russ Smith had killed his 27-year-old wife, Chris, in the fall of 1994. I'm absolutely certain that he had no intention of uh, stepping forward and taking responsibility. Dan Weston was hot on Russ's trail, and he wanted Russ to feel the heat. Yes, we were trying to turn the heat up on him in preparing him for an interrogation. He felt very badly that they were taking his family in and questioning him for hours and grilling him. Did you feel like your whole world was closing in on you? Yeah, I did, just because of the things that uh, my friends um, and my family were telling me. Then one evening, Russ's father had a change of heart. Uh, they interviewed me that night probably for two hours, and they had that tape. The second time that police met with Russ's father, Dick Smith, he agreed to listen to the secretly recorded conversation between Russ and Randy Dyloff, the original investigator on the case. So you heard the tape. Did you call your son and say, I heard a tape? Yes, I did. And I said, I'm afraid they're going to be coming after you. Two weeks before Christmas, the cold case unit drove to Florida to find Russ. We wanted to obtain a confession. It was a long shot. At the time, they had no arrest warrant, no physical evidence, and Russ Smith was under no obligation to speak with them. How many of you thought that you would actually go down there and get that confession? Raise your hand. Only Captain. No. You were the only one. Why didn't you think you can get the confession? Because of the fact that he was a police officer himself, that he's already covered this crime up so well for over four years, but Captain Dan Weston thought he could outsmart Russ Smith. Our plan was to wait for First, him to leave. they located Russ at his workplace. When he left to run errands, they tailed him. Our original contact took place with him about 4.38 in the afternoon. Russ stopped at the post office. Russ obtained mail out of a post office box. He opened it up in the lobby of the post office. Russ's lawyer had sent him a newspaper article. And it features a picture of Russ and a picture of myself. And the headline is something to the effect of that this case won't die. The timing couldn't have been more uncanny. When Russ Smith walked outside, Captain Dan Weston was waiting. He walked up to his car and standing at the rear bumper of his car is me. And I stick out my hand to him and introduce myself. And I said, hi, Russ, I'm Dan Weston from Kalamazoo. And he said, yes, I know. It's a coincidence. Ironic, huh? 
Russ agreed to talk with Dan Weston in his home. That was incredible. I, it was wonderful. I thought, now I've got, I've got the hook set, and now it's a, it's a matter of, of reeling him in. Finally, after several hours of talking... He, he started saying that with his head down and uh, his face in his hands... Russ Smith seemed ready to confess to the murder of his wife, Christine. He started saying that it's just too hard to say the words. And he finally stated that, uh, that he was responsible for her death. Now, Russ Smith was ready to say how he did it. And I went upstairs just to get ready to go to work. So that fateful morning in 1994, Hey, Russ! Russ says his wife, Chris, put their daughter on the school bus and then returned home. Russ says he and Chris started arguing. Chris then threatened to leave with their daughter, Candace. And I told her that, she, that was fine. She was welcome to leave, but she wasn't taking Candace anyways. Then what happened? Um, she turned her back to reach for a towel or something off the towel bar, and I put my hands on her shoulders, and I said, I love you, what's wrong? And she turned around, and she says, I hate you, and she spit in my face. After that, I walked out of the room, and I went, I retrieved the gun, and I come back, and I shot her. How many times did you shoot her? Twice. Where? In the head. Next, Russ says he put his wife in a storage barrel. Then I took it back downstairs, the barrel with her inside it, and I put it in the back of my truck in the garage. After Candace came home from school, Russ says he drove her to Ohio to stay with his parents. And was your wife in the truck? Yes. In the barrel? Yes. So you drove all the way to Ohio? Yeah. With a dead body in the back of the truck? Yes. And your daughter sitting in the front seat with you? Yeah. After dropping off Candace, Russ drove south for about six hours. Just driving pretty much aimlessly. Before turning around and heading back home to Kalamazoo. So you've got the problem. You've got this body in the back of your truck. What'd you do? Um, made arrangements to borrow a boat from a friend. Remember the boat the neighbors thought was suspicious? And I took the boat and the truck and the barrel to Lake Erie. And then I put the barrel on the boat and I went out about nine miles and threw the barrel over the side of the boat. Four years after he murdered his wife, Russ Smith was arrested and driven back to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Russ is a very cold, calculating executioner. And now everyone knows that you murdered your wife. Everyone knows that I'm responsible for her death. Enter the mind of a murderer. How could you kill her? It's uncontrollable rage. When we come back. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. OK, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. 
His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie. I love Christine more than anything. Through all the infidelities and affairs, I've just stolen all of my self-respect, my dignity. How could you kill her? It's uncontrollable rage. Four years after Christine Smith vanished without a trace, Russell Smith has finally confessed to murder. And after a brief verbal and physical altercation, I retrieved a gun and I shot her. Instead of ending his marriage, he ended her life. Most people would say divorce. They wouldn't choose murder. I wish I would have done that. I wouldn't be here today talking to you. Did you honestly think that you could get away with this murder? No. You had to. You put the body in a barrel and you drove to Lake Erie. Went out on a boat nine miles out and you dumped it. Well, what did you think you were doing when you did all that? Gaining some time with Candace. All I could think about is Candace never knowing what I had done. How do you think Candace feels about you today? I mean, she has to know. Candace definitely knows. I've told her myself that I'm responsible for her mother's death. What was her reaction? Silence. Do you think she hates you for it? No, I do not. I think she's very disappointed in me for it. We don't want to accept it, but we know we have to. It must feel like a bad dream for both of you. Oh, yeah. It would be wonderful if it was a dream. But it's all it too real for Russ's parents. No matter what he's done, he's still our son. Jack, come on. Come on. Turn it off. What's the worst part of all of this for you? The, the worst heartbreak. Part? The heartbreak. To find out that there is this horrible past and uh, it's against everything you know and believe. You know, we were building a beautiful future together and it's just been ripped. Right. And now everyone knows that you murdered your wife. Everyone knows that I'm responsible for her death. You don't want to call it murder? No. Why not? I went and I got the gun and I shot her, but it took two people to get that argument to escalate to the point that it did that day. Um, and I was only one of those two people. According to Russ, it wasn't just her alleged affairs that led to his rage. She became very controlling and uh, selfish. Or her lack of respect. She looked at me and she says, I would rather be with a total stranger than be with you. In the end, it was her threat to leave home and take their daughter. And then she was taking the only thing I had left, and that was Candace. And now, to avoid the ordeal of a trial, Russell Smith is pleading guilty to second-degree murder. 
he will be sentenced in just two days. Candace has been through enough. She needs to be able to go on with her life. Did you go out the channel and then turn? No, I cut across her. As part of his plea bargain, uh, we're going to go out and mark the spot. Russ has agreed to help the cold case unit find his wife's body. You all set? Yep, I think so. So friends and family will find some peace. So that they can uh, conduct an appropriate, proper burial. Alright, well, let's get it going. And you're telling us the body is there yes. in Lake Erie, yes, nine miles out. That's correct. Yeah, we're in 20 feet of water here. Yeah. Officers mark the spot where Russ says he sank the 55 gallon barrel containing his wife's body. Investigators in a second boat scan the bottom of Lake Erie with sophisticated sonar equipment. They search for 10 hours. We're gonna head in. But nothing is found. Get him secured again, we'll put him back in the van. After a brief taste of freedom, Russ is heading back to a jail cell where he could spend the rest of his life. Are you ready to face the consequences? Yes. For Russ and his family, it's judgment day. We're here for him. We'll always be here for him and love him forever. All rise. Court is now in session. With this court, to take someone's life is the most serious of Russ has written a letter to the judge, hoping his side of the story will be heard. I hope and pray that you would take consideration of all the events that led to this accident happening. He also shared his letter with us. Although all the infidelities and affairs and mental abuse are in no way an excuse for what happened, I was mentally and emotionally pushed to limits that no one should have to endure. I'm not a violent person, never have been, and never will be. Most of all to Candace. I can never give back to you what I have taken away. I never stopped loving your mother, not for a minute, not through all of her infidelities and affairs with other men, not ever. To this day, he despises his victim. Christine's cousin came to court to read a letter from their family. Russell is a cold and calculated killer. The letter presents a shocking theory about why Christine threatened to leave with Candace and Russ's motive for murder. What could bring a wife to spit and talk her husband? Russell does not tell us. Could it be that Chris haunted Russell because she was learned of his improper behavior with his daughter and was going to leave? Remember, Child Protective Services had placed Candace in foster care after detectives found evidence that she was sleeping in her father's bed. I do not believe that Russell feels remorse. I therefore ask that you serve the maximum sentence permissible. Captain Dan Weston also doesn't buy Russ's remorse or his stories about Christine's sexual affairs. Did you have any evidence whatsoever that his wife was running around with other people? None whatsoever. We have never, as a, a team of six, come up with anything that would support that. Russ executed his wife. You refer in this letter, and you refer today, even today, to the accident. Russ Smith is about to face justice when 48 Hours continues.
I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. this court. I hope and pray that you will take into consideration all the events that led to this accident happening. Russ Smith is about to be sentenced for murder almost five years after killing his wife Christine. I'm sorry. He's had his say. Now it's Judge William Schmay's turn. And you referred today, even today, in court, to the accident. The fact that you committed this very violent, deliberate, premeditated act and and now are prepared as your final testament on this, your final statement, to blame the victim. Suggest to me that you are a danger to society. The victim no more drove you to murder here than I'm putting you in prison. You're putting yourself in prison. And therefore, the sentence of the court is you be committed to the Department of Corrections, 35 to 70 years, with credit for 85 days served as of today's date. 35 to 70 years. His first chance for parole will be in 28 years. And I know the day that I won't be alive in 28 years. It's over, it's over. And to think about his daughter being there listening to this, uh, our hearts go out to her. And... Neighbors Tim and Debbie Orrs, who fought so hard to bring Russ to justice, hope Candace can now find some peace. And uh, life filled with lots of love, something that her mom would want to give her. Whoa, look at that. Look at the size of these rocks over here. We visited Candace five months after her dad went to prison. Let's go over to the playground. Yay! It's tough sometimes, but we'll make it. But will Candace make it? I think she's in total denial because she just don't want to talk about it. And I'd ask her, I said, are you angry at your daddy? No. I said, are you mad? No. Do you hate him? No. I said, well, what do you feel? I love my daddy. 
So she's pretty much uh, keeping a lot inside. Oh, We're yes. Sure oh, yes, yes. And the psychologist has told us that. She's in a bubble. And someday, that bubble's gonna break. But the real impact, it, it, it will hit her one day. It's got to. But what he did has to be on Russia's shoulders. It was wrong. No, it was wrong. Definitely wrong, yes. Yes, it definitely is wrong. Police have given up looking for Christine's body. So the only headstone to mark her grave is an anchored buoy. If you like 48 Hours, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.